0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. When you got Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8, would you uh, stand to your feet if you're able? Verses 4 through 8, excuse me. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The very words of scripture. Amen. You may be seated. In 1945, Life Magazine issued its latest edition. Uh, And on the cover of Life Magazine's latest edition was a photograph. And in the photograph, in uh, the foreground of the photo, you would see a man emphatically embracing and kissing a woman. Uh, In in the background of this photograph, you would see soldiers uh, and civilians embracing one another. Uh, You would see soldiers and soldiers embracing one another. You Uh, would see everybody in the background of this photograph were celebrating, hugging each other, and loving on each other. And and you would assume when you first look at this Life magazine uh, cover that these people who are so emphatically and exuberantly embracing one another are long-lost friends who had been reunited. But when you do some research into the photograph, what you realize is that these people who were so emphatically and exuberantly embracing one another were not long-lost friends. Actually, for the most part, they were complete and utter strangers. That now begs the question, what would cause complete and utter strangers to come together in such an emphatic embrace? Well, it was 1945. And these people were responding to the good news that World War II had ended, and we had won. Good news brought complete and utter strangers together. And you and I understand that 2,000 years prior to that 1945 Life magazine photograph, there was even greater news, the the great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where uh, Jesus God in the flesh steps into humanity, lives like nobody else, dies in our place and for our sins, uh, and creates the opportunity for us to have peace with God and relationship with God. Good news has brought you and I together. One of the interesting things uh, about the Philippian church, if you look at the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, uh, you'll see the apostle Paul's interaction with the church there at Philippi, or the people there in the city of Philippi, and what you get introduced to are all these different kinds of people. You've got a slave girl in Philippi. You've got uh, a Roman guard in Philippi. You've, uh, you've got a very wealthy Greek woman there in Philippi. Uh, and the implication is, is that all of these people having responded to the good news message of Jesus had come together and were together inside one church. You had wealthy people, and you had Greek people, and you had Roman people, and you had poor people, all brought under the banner of the lordship of Jesus Christ, because good news brings people together. And the apostle Paul's call to this church at Philippi, because they had so many differences among themselves, uh, is he calls them to, to be unified, to to have the same mind, to, uh, to unity. And uh, the means through which he calls them to unity uh, is the idea, the virtue of humility. Uh, humility, being, being humble. You see, as a matter of fact, as the Apostle Paul appeals to humility, Uh, It's a wonder that the uh, entrance that all of us had to take into the Christian faith was that of humility. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Blessed are the people who say, "I, I am spiritually bankrupt, I am spiritually poor, I am dependent on somebody else or something else outside of me to make up where I lack. Uh, That is the way, that is the means that you and I enter into the Christian faith is the means of humility. Jesus says, uh, if anybody wants to come into the kingdom of God, they must become like a little child. What is a little child? A little child is dependent. A little child is humble. Uh, It is it is the means through which we became followers of Jesus, humbling ourselves to recognize our need. And then on the other end, it is the means through which we experience unity. And one of the foremost virtues in uh, in growing in our faith in Jesus is the virtue of, of humility. As a matter of fact, uh, Andrew Murray and Pastor Derek talked a little bit about Andrew Murray last week, but uh, he says, uh, and the words will come up on the screen, that humility is the root of every virtue. The foundation of every virtue, every characteristic that, uh, that is a good thing, that, that makes you a person who shows off the image of God to other people is Humility meaning the the foundation for all of the fruit of the Spirit. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul articulates the the fruit of what it means to be made right with God by grace through faith, receiving the Spirit of God, and, and what is being shaped and molded in you is the fruit of the production of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If humility is the root of every virtue, then it is the foundation for every other fruit of the Spirit. In other words, people who have been changed by the Spirit of God have to be characterized by humility, have to be growing in humility. Humility. So I've got three points for you this morning. The first thing that I want to look at is what humility is not. What humility is not. The second thing I want to look at is the example of humility. And the last thing I want to look at is the application of humility. I want to preach from the subject humble. Humble. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and kindness uh, towards us. Thank you for the opportunity to sing to you, to reorient our hearts uh, to who you are and what you're doing in the world, and to rehearse as we've been preached to from every uh, angle in society, all types of different things where we can find lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. Uh, we are here to rehearse together uh, that we find it in you and in you alone. And I pray uh, for that person who may be searching today, who uh, may be want, w- wondering about who you are and what you're doing in the world, uh, who who might be skeptical about this whole Christian thing, God, I pray that you would arrest their attention. I, I pray that your spirit would uh, do work in our time together as we open up our, your scriptures to one another. And I pray, God, uh, that you would open up our eyes to see magnificent things that are in it. Holy Spirit, it is to that end that I am available to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Humble. What, what humility is not? Look with me uh, at verse 4. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of, of others. In verse number 5, Paul uses a different word that the English translators translate as mind uh, and so the, the New Testament is originally written in a language called Greek, uh, and this word mind the, the, are, are characteristics of Christ's mind that he's calling for you and I to have, uh, have this mind uh, that is yours in Christ Jesus. Uh, it is a characteristic that Christ had, which is humility. And, and so the text says uh, that he was in the form of God, that he was in the form of God. Now, hang in there with me. We got to go to the classroom for just a moment, but I promise we'll have recess, and I'll pull up on you in, in just a few minutes. Now, there are two words in the original language that are usually translated as form, uh, but they don't mean the same thing. Uh, those words are morphe and schema. Morphe And schema. Morphe uh, is the essential form which never changes. Schema is the outward form which changes from time to time uh, and circumstance to circumstance. For instance, uh, uh, appearance or schema uh, does does like this Uh, a baby, a child, a young person, a man, or a woman. They're, They're always human, but their outward schema changes all the time. And Paul is saying, that Jesus was in the morphe of God. He is, uh, he is the eternal God. It, he, he wasn't just a, a God lookalike, but his essence, his nature was God. However, Jesus' outward schema changed into humanity. Uh, th- this uh, is an important theological uh, ideology that, that we understand as followers of, of Jesus, uh, when, when we look at Jesus, He is fully God and yet fully man. And the text says in Philippians chapter two uh, that 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 He uh, He is completely God, but He refuses uh, to see equality with God, something to be snatched at, or something. Uh, something to be grasped, something to be taken. He, uh, he refuses, uh, in the sense, even though he's equal to God and he had the right to be completely equal to God, he refuses to snatch at that. In other words, uh, Jesus was completely equal, but he submitted to God for your sake and my sake in the redemption of the world through suffering as a human being dying in our place and for our sins. He was in the morphe as God. He was completely God. He didn't, he didn't have to submit to God the Father because he was equal with him. He did it because it was the only way to pay our sin debt. He did it willfully. So what does that tell us about what humility is not? Uh, if, if, if Jesus is completely equal with God and he recognizes uh, God the Father and me are completely equal, but, but I don't need equality a, as, as a right for mine. I'm going to lay down that right for the benefit of others. It means that Jesus didn't think less of himself. He knew exactly who he was. He, he knew, uh, he knew uh, that he was... He was the son of God. He, he knew that he was fully divine. He, he understood that, uh, that, that he uh, had rights, and, and he was somebody who came uh, from a place where he was the one enshrined in glory. Uh, and, and yet he said, you know what? I don't need that for the, the sake of what I'm going to do. Jesus knew exactly his value. He didn't say to himself, you know what? They're always smarter than I am. He, he, didn't, he didn't say to himself, you know what? I mean, God the Father, man, he, I mean, he's so far above me uh, that, that I, just, I just need to go ahead and do what he tells me to do uh, because I'm a less than person. No, he knew exactly who he was. And sometimes I think that we think that humility is this kind of negative self-talk where we tell stories about ourselves and don't recognize that we're the ones made in the image of God. We we think that humility is this idea of always thinking they're better than me. They, They can do more than I can. That's the reason I didn't get the raise. That's the reason why why stuff hadn't happened good for me is because I'm not a good person or uh, because I'm not good at as many things as other people are good at. And and we kind of shape this concept of of humility. with—we We we, kind of put the lens of our negative self-talk over the lens of, of, our, of the scripture and say, "Oh man, that, that just means that I'm being humble." That just means that, that, that just means that I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as others uh, more than I'm thinking of myself. And the reality is, no, you're still thinking of yourself. You're just thinking of yourself in a negative way. That's not true of what God says about you. I, I remember when I, I was uh, first starting out as uh, as a minister, and um, and people would come up and say, "Man, thank you for, for your word, and thank you for you know this really this really helped minister to me." And uh, and and I, I remember I, it was always awkward. It was this always this this awkward uh, space where I always wanted to defer or deflect, uh, and uh, and I, I came to realize over the course of time. That in my mind, that was me being humble, that I wanted to defer, and I didn't want it to build ego. But in reality, my personality says to myself, no, you're less than. It really wasn't that good. There's always somebody that's way better, even even if that is true. It was this constant communication of this negative self-talk that I put under the guise of humility. Humility. It was just negative self-narcissism. So so when we hear the famous words of C.S. Lewis, and the words will come up on the screen, uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Sometimes we misappropriate what he's saying. We misappropriate that it's not thinking less of yourself, meaning that we just don't think positively of ourselves. But no, it's, it's getting your eyes up off of yourself onto other people. It, it's recognizing that, that, that in Christ Jesus, uh, I, I'm a child of God. I, I am a son and a daughter of God. I, uh, there is nothing that can separate me from God's love. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the Spirit's voice to me in Christ. I'm a co-heir with Christ by grace. And so I I found myself in in this space constantly uh, of this negative negative self-talk. And and, and I love what Henry Nouwen says because I think there's actually an opportunity for us when somebody tells us, you know what, that really blessed me. Thank you for that. Thank you for, this is what I really love about you as a person. This is what I, I think is really awesome uh, about you. Henry Nouwen says that when we deflur or deflect, uh, when people give us a compliment, when people say thank you for stuff, uh, we, we think that we're pursuing humility when in all actuality, uh, what, what we need to be hearing is when somebody compliments you, when somebody says, man, this is what I love about you, is an echo. What that compliment is, is an echo of what the Father says over you in Christ Jesus. You are my beloved child upon whom my favor rests. It's an echo. Beloved. 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 Jesus knows exactly who he is. He knows he's completely God. He just refuses to look at himself as God uh, and, and use it for his own benefit. Uh, he uses his, his rights for the benefit of others. He, uh, he doesn't think less of himself. That's, that's what humility is, uh, is not. What, what else uh, is humility not? Because, uh, because Jesus was in the form of God he was in the the as God. He was completely God, but refuses uh, the, the the equality with God. Something to be snatched at. Uh, he 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 doesn't uh, he doesn't have the perspective of man. I just wish they would call out my name. I I wish you know what I'm in the meeting with my friends and and my my, my boss and my my coworkers and. Man, I'm just living for the moment when God the Father says, Jesus is the name above every name. No. He knows who he is. He does what he needs to do for the sake of your redemption and mine. And he goes on about his business. And God is the one who exalts him and says his name is the name that is above every name. Back in the 1940s, uh, Joe DiMaggio was this wonderful center, center fielder for the New York Yankees and he had gone off to to war for a couple of years, and and he had come back after World War II. And so he got enlisted into the military, went off and fought. And so everybody in New York, I mean, he's just a hero, right? He's not only is is he the best player on the best team uh, in in the biggest city in the world, uh, but he went off to fight at war, and now he's come back. And opening day, the stadium is filled uh, with people. And uh, and 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 people begin to chant as with their expectation. Man, Joe DiMaggio is getting ready to come out here. We are so excited, uh, and so Joe DiMaggio gets dressed, and he's there uh, with his little son, Joe Jr. Uh, in the locker room, and he decides since all these people have come out to 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 see me. I'm going to go out there and just wave to the fans. And so he takes his little son, Joe Jr., uh, out to the field, and he begins to wave to the fans. And and people are yelling out. They're chanting, Joe, 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 Joe. And they come off the field, uh, and his little boy, Joe Jr., looks at his dad, and he says, Dad, they're calling out my name. And, and, and we laugh at that, and yet part of something that happens on the inside of our hearts is please call out my name. We, 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 we oftentimes take the honor and the authority and the blessing of God and want to ascribe it or want other people to ascribe it to ourselves and say, call out my name. Call out my name. So so humility is not self-hatred and thinking less of myself. And humility is not wanting your name to always be called. It's something else. Look with me at the example of humility in verse 7. The Scripture says, He emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation, which literally means to empty. And William Barclay, a commentator on this particular passage, uh, says it can be used of removing things from a container until the container is empty or pouring something out until there is nothing left. Paul uses the most vivid word possible to make clear the sacrifice of the incarnation, the glory of divinity Jesus gave up willingly in order to become human. He who was rich for our sake became poor. The text says he took upon the form of a servant. He took took the very form of a slave. Uh, And there that word form is again from earlier. And and there it is again as morphe. That's where the the theology uh, of the the incarnation comes in, in what scholars call the hypostatic union that Jesus was fully God and fully man with no mixture. It's the hypostatic union. Jesus was completely God and completely human at the same time. He, uh, he had to be completely human and completely God because that was the only way to pay our sin debt. It was the only way for us to be made right with God. He was completely human to be our perfect representative, and he was completely God, able to pay our sin debt past, present, present. And future, and so here he is. He 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 is. Uh, he is in the form of God and in the form of humanity living the perfect life that you and I could not live uh, and demonstrating God's love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Jesus lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. He died in our place and for our sins and rose in victory over Satan's sin and death when we were dead in trespasses and sins. And essentially what Jesus does is he never loses his status as God, he just refuses to use his status for his own benefit. He uses his status for the benefit of others. My mentor, he, he was here a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brian Laritz, uh, He flies all over the country uh, speaking and, and, and sharing the gospel with people, and he flies so often... He flies so often that he receives a particular status with Delta. He's diamond status. And and so uh, oftentimes because he's diamond status, there's certain perks that come with being diamond status with Delta. I'm still working my Southwest points. I I ain't got there yet, right? Maybe one day. Uh, But he has this particular status with, with Delta and and. Oftentimes, there'll be something that happens if there's an open seat in first class, he automatically gets the upgrade. And so he says, uh, and this is just a precursor to the marriage retreat, he says, I have learned that it's bad for my marriage if my wife is flying with me and I sit up in first class while she's back in coach. That was free. That was for free. And, And so he says... He says instead of taking the upgrade to first class, what he'll do is when they upgrade him, he'll still sit with his wife and coach. And so he sits with his wife and coach, and that's actually somebody else's seat. So when that person gets ready to come sit down uh, and and they begin to complain about, hold on, man, you're sitting in my seat. Why, Why are you sitting in my seat? He turns around and he hands them his first class ticket. Now watch this: He never lost his status. He's still diamond. He just refused to use his status for his own benefit. Instead, he uses his status for the benefit of others. That's humility. Jesus Christ left the glory of uh, divinity and and heaven and uh, the praise of angels to step into humanity still being completely equal with God uh, and yet be born in a manger, be laughed at and mocked and uh, brutalized and eventually tortured and killed Uh, going to the cross on our behalf and rising in victory over Satan, sin, and death, Uh, he left the first class called heaven to step back into the coach called earth so that you and I could get the upgrade back to first class. Y'all ain't hearing me up in this place. He never lost his status. He's still diamond status. He just refuses to use his status for his own benefit. We've looked at what humility is not. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's not self-hatred. It's not needing somebody to call out your name. And we've looked at the example of humility, knowing exactly who you are, exactly what God says about you, and yet, Laying down your rights for the benefit of others. Laying down your rights for the benefit of others. In essence, that's what humility is. In essence, that's the example of what Jesus Christ gives to you and me so that we can show off who he is to the world. Laying down your rights for the benefit of others. So let me ask you a question. What rights do you need to lay down? What what are those things that you hold on to, white knuckling, that if you just laid them down, it would benefit other people? And I, I, know that this messes, I know that this messes with our, our sensibilities, but some of us uh, uh, who are married and, and we think uh, uh, about our marriages, how many of our marriages would be in better places if both people stepped into the marriage saying to one another and saying to themselves, how can I lay down my rights for the benefit of others? How, how, how can I lay down my rights for the benefit of others? And I'm not saying, you know what, you you should just uh, be a a doormat for people to walk on. I'm not not talking about, man, you should just allow yourself uh, to be emotionally uh, and physically abused ever. I'm saying, what rights do you need to lay down in a way that it would benefit your family? I'm talking to some brother right now. And you have the right to play video games. You had a long day at work. You you have the right to get online with your friends uh, and get after it in video games. And yet, you know, you say to yourself, well, I'm home with the family. I'm home with my wife and children. No, you're home with video games. What rights do you need to lay down for the benefit of others? Am I in your Kool-Aid, got your flavor, Billy? No? Maybe, and and this is just something that that, that I I feel like is, I got YouTube TV, y'all. I'm going to get real practical on y'all. I got YouTube TV, and when my wife comes in and she wants to talk about something important, and I've been watching the Bulls all, like, all, as soon as they started, I've been watching the Bulls, like, every, every time they come on, right? And my wife will come in, and I love YouTube TV uh, because it gives me the opportunity to not be like, babe, I'm watching the game. Le- le- like, leave me alone, because I just put library, and I go back and watch it later. It's a compromise, but it's still a means of laying down your rights for the benefit Others. What about friendship? Are you a good friend? Are, are, you, are you a person? Uh, are you a person who uh, who really listens to people, or, or are you that person? Somebody starts on a topic, uh, and then all of a sudden, the, the first three words that they say, you're already contemplating what you're going to say back in response. People who lay down their rights for the benefit of others are good listeners. And they don't just just hear what you're saying with words, they listen. They try to catch the heart motivation behind what it is that you're saying, they just be. One of the things over the course of, uh, of my life that, that I've realized is I, I, have, I have a particular friend, and, and Pastor Derek is very similar in this way, um, but have y'all ever seen Jordan Peele when he won uh, the Oscar um, for, for, for Get Out? Y'all ever, he won the Oscar for Get Out. Did y'all ever see what Keegan-Michael Key was looking like when he won that Oscar? Let me, let me show you a picture of it. Jordan Peele wins the Oscar, right? And this is the instantaneous response of Keegan-Michael Key. When you win, I won too. When something good in your life happens, I'm not jealous of you. I want to celebrate you. That's a, that's a friendship that's characterized by humility. I don't need them to call out my name. When they call out your name, it's as if we both won. That's, that's friendship characterized, characterized by humility. And, and I'm going to mess with y'all sensibilities here. This, this was really going to mess with your sensibilities, okay? Jesus. Had the rights as fully God, but he refused to use those rights for his own benefit. He uses those rights for the benefit of others. I'm gonna mess with you. I'm just. I'm telling you right now, this is gonna mess with you. We live in a society that loves rights. We 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 live uh, we live uh, in a culture that is all about individuality and autonomy and we want our rights. And when you think about it, right, when when you think about the the civil rights movement, the, the civil rights movement was motivated by a desire for other people to have a benefit, for the benefit of others. And yet oftentimes in our society, in our culture, we don't care about how it benefits anybody else but me. What about my rights? A mask mandate that's trying to keep the rest of the world alive. Y'all ain't saying amen now. <laughs> rights. What, what about my rights? Rights. And the call to to every follower of Jesus, and and hear me say, the the value of your own rights is not a bad thing. It's a cool thing that we have in in America. It's a good thing. uh, It's a good thing. But when you put it up against the scripture, one has to win, one has to be higher than the other. And and the highest value that you and I have as followers of Jesus is the benefit of others. How do I lay down my rights for the sake, even if it's the possibility or the probability of helping someone else? For the sake of some grandma that I don't know. And And I'm not saying just mass mandate or I'm saying anything. Anything that has the possibility of benefiting somebody else or keeping someone else alive. We love our rights, and they're not a bad thing. But when they bump up against what Jesus is doing and calling us to, He calls you and me to lay down our rights for the benefit of others. I'm through. What rights is God telling you to lay down? I'm not saying don't have self-care. I'm not. You can help more people if you do some self-care. You can help more people if you go to the gym and you go to the therapist. You can help more people if you have boundaries with your in-laws. God bless you. I love my in-laws. I was saying for y'all. I wasn't talking about me. I wasn't talking about me. And yet God God calls us to lay down our rights for the benefit of of others. What rights is God calling you and me to lay down? And and some of us might be saying to ourselves, man, I, I don't think I have the ability to do that. I don't think in my own strength I have the ability to lay down my rights for the sake of others. You're right. You don't. But hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he was in the form of God, because he was completely equal with God, uh, and because he laid down his rights for your benefit, he now empowers and enables you and I to do that for others. Be- because Jesus laid down his rights, he now empowers and enables you and I to lay down our- ours for God's glory and for our good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's so many other things that we could talk about, so many different applications of how this shows up in our lives on a daily basis. Uh, And you call us to be people who, uh, who image Christ to the world, who show Him off to the world. And so I pray that we would be people who are known as people who lay down our rights for the benefit of others, for your glory and for our good. It's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.